Perfect Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and it's episode 87. And I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Hey, Lux, how are you now? I am doing just fine. Excellent. Well, it is the week before Christmas. Are are you all set for the big day? Is the is the is the, is the, is the yeah. Santa Claus in his red suit going to come visit your house? Have you been a good boy this year, Lux? Of course not. Agreed. <laughs> you play jockle hops. Of course, you've been a bad boy. Very bad, Lux. Just the baddest of boys. But yeah, no, for sure. Like, are you? But are, in all seriousness, are you ready for uh, for the for the for the holiday season? Yep, got everything set up and everything. Nice, nice. Here it's a little bit dicey right now. We've got lots of cases of COVID, and the public health authorities are very concerned about it. So, looks like Christmas is going to be constrained once again in terms of spending time with friends and family. Get this: they announced last week that uh, we could only have a gatherings of 10 people in a home. So like when I go to my visit, my sister, I bring, she's got a family of four. So her, her husband and her two children, I bring my entourage of four, six of us. And now there's no room for grandparents or anybody else to come to the party because we filled the room up. So um, it's kind of going to have to be a different sort of Christmas once again this year. Thank you. COVID. Can I just say I'm really tired of COVID now, Lux? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really tired of COVID. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we're all... Yeah, they, to be honest, like, speaking from experience, they, you definitely don't want it, though. Oh, no, I I, I can totally understand I don't want it. Yeah, like, um, that was I'm not really experience. Gr- no. And you got, like, one, an earlier variant, didn't you? you? Like, you didn't get this Omicron one, which... Yeah. From the sounds of it, I mean, it's no cake, no cakewalk, but sounds like the symptoms are a little less severe, but still not enjoyable. So <laughs> I uh, understand fully that I don't want to get it. So uh, we've uh, ramped up vaccinations here locally, and so I'm getting my my third bo- my booster on on Wednesday, along with uh, the the kid's mother and their and their and grandma. So. There we go. I'll be, uh, you know, that triple vaxxed, and hopefully that'll do a number on keeping me safe. But uh, apparently in Toronto and in Ottawa, that all the the vaccine spots like went like they had like eighty four thousand spots that get snapped up in like fifteen minutes in Ottawa. So uh, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Christmas calls for vaccinations. Anyway. So we got some house housekeeping housekeeping done there, Lux. Yep. All right. So, as always, folks, if you listen to this podcast every week, you know darn well where our home is on the internet. Our home is thelotuscouncil.com. Um, that means you can find the episode uploaded there each and every week. But you can also find lots of other cool things. Right now, there's a giveaway going on. I believe you got a few days still to get your name in the draw. So, uh, go and check out thelotuscouncil.com and check them out. Um, whether you get in the draw or not, I'm going to be very honest with you folks. The Discord is by far and away the the, the best value for your buck. Um, because you don't spend any bucks, and the Discord is excellent in terms of quality discussion, excellent people to, to have a conversation with, um, people who are fantastic to deal with uh, in every respect. 
uh, very friendly and welcoming to everybody. So if you're looking for a new community to join for 2022, you're not sure where to start, I'm telling you, come, come start the new year out with the lotuscouncil.com. They're, they're going to be great. All right. I promise you folks. So come and check it out. Come and see for yourself. You will not be sorry. All right. So Lux, I'm pretty excited. You know why? We had some new um, mm, uh, tasty treats get dropped last week for the newest standard set, which will be Kamigawa Neon Destiny or Dynasty. And they left some really, they only, they only gave us three new cards, but I wanted to talk about them. Are you ready? Yep. So segment one tonight, folks, is going to be us reviewing previews from uh, Wizards of the Coast, uh, previewing a Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Um, so we have three cards. The very first one is Itsugo Devouring Chaos, which I think is kind of crazy. Um, three and a black for legendary creature Ogre Demon. Uh, it's a 4-4 four, four, and black. Sacrifice a creature to scry two. And then two and a red and tap. Exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. When you exile a non-land card this way, Hidetsugo Devouring Chaos deals damage equal to the exile card's mana value to any target. Well, 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 well. What do you think, Lux? I didn't think. I'm trying to figure out which iteration of Rakdos this would fit in. I don't think it matters. I think it's some sort of really cool black-red sacrifice deck. Um, I think this plus, like, Mayhem Devil plus... I don't know, it's like some token makers, maybe like Endric Zar or or like a breeding pit or something where you're making making fodder and you can sack it for giggles. Maybe Timoret, um, the Murder King. I don't know. Like there's a lot of ways to take this, but this is a really interesting value engine. Well, like let's look at it straight up. Like four mana, so three and a black. That's that's a that's a really appealing mana cost, right? Like because single black pip makes it easy to cast if this was two black black this would be much harder to cast uh not impossible but much harder but that three and a black obviously wizards is saying we want you to cast this guy um and so cast it we shall so four mana for a four four that's off the get-go isn't it lux yep that's pretty good stats I like the the first trigger, like a, pay a black, sacrifice a creature, try two, because you don't need to sacrifice your like tap to hit your your heated sugo. You can just go and do it right, like just just go, and then you you can start sacrificing all the things. So that's particularly appealing in its own right. And then when in doubt, the fact you can sacrifice or you can tap it to for card advantage is also very, very cool. So let's see. Let's have you want to ask about the various Rakdos commanders that would play this. So let's go have a quick look. All right. So top one is Rakdos, uh, Rakdos commander is Prosper Tonebound. I don't think Prosper in this play particularly well. Do you? Um, I didn't really, mean huh? like in the color combination. I meant Rakdos himself, which iteration of him. Oh, uh, hmm. Uh, that's a very good question. Hmm. 
I actually, I don't know. Back to a showstopper. Hmm. I think he goes with Rakdos. Um, Rakdos, Lord of Riots. Personally, and that's the one I have more fun with. Yeah, I think he would. I would put him in in my in Rakdos, Lord of Riots, if I was going to build a Rakdos, Lord of Riots deck. Um, but I'm start kind of thinking like if you got, but like which Rakdos theme commander like would this play best with? Or is this a whole new deck? And I'm kind of inclined to think that it might be its own. Like it might go with like a. It might go with Garna. I see with Garna, maybe. Because if you're looking to bring things or like have things that you can sacrifice in exchange for the value you're getting there. So I'm like trying to think like what else like does any of these things make tokens enough to warrant like sacrificing stuff regularly mm-hmm. um i don't know i'm not seeing a lot of token makers in black red which is kind of disappointing like this is like a really cool value engine and like a black red aristocrats sort of deck maybe let's go look at aristocrats there's a black red aristocrats tab here the judith the scourge diva jury maybe maybe judith because like Every time a non-creature creature you control dies, Judith escorts you if it deals one damage. So you use Hidetsugo, you sack things, you get value, Judith pings, and maybe maybe you're on to on to stuff. That that could be a that could be a target or jewelry master of the review perhaps, um, or I guess Timurite. I think are the ones I'm coming up with or Garna, but I'm not seeing. Too many more that play nicely with Hitsugo, but it's a cool card. Like I think this is actually a really interesting commander. I, I like this card a lot. Uh, I'm I'm rather inclined to to maybe go ahead and build this and add this or add it to the Valky deck that I'm building because I think this is, is actually really really potent. Um, I don't think I don't think there's a lot of what a lot of things not to like. Oh, I get it now. I see why you wanted to go play Rakdos Lord of Riots. You're you're honing in on the last element of uh, Hidetsugo's cost, where when you exile a non-land card this way, it ex- it, it deals damage equal to the exile card's mana value, which allows you to trigger Rakdos Lord of Riots, where you can cast creatures for one last to cast for each life your opponents have lost this turn. It, that's it, isn't it? Oh, yep. yeah! Yeah, Rakdos I was not thinking that way at all. Rakdos Lord of Riots, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we're talking. Um, is there anything else that jumps off the page? What's the other? Let's look at the other Rakdoses. So Showstopper does not play with that. That's not how it shut. Right, right, the other one does. Let's see the last one. The for the Rakdos the Defiler. Um, yeah, no, I don't think that's quite what you want either. So. Yeah, it's definitely Rakdos Lord of Riots, for sure, if you're looking to build a specifically a Rakdos deck. Cool. Good good spot there, Lux. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, on Mr. Hidetsugo? Yeah, not really. <clears throat> cool card, though. All right, you want to be the next one? Atushi, right. the Blazing Sun, or Atsushi. Okay, we have Atsushi, the Blazing Sky, for two, red, red. Adventure Dragon Spirit, four, four. 
Flying and Trample. When associate the Blazing Sky dies, choose one. Exile the top two cards of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards. Break three treasure tokens. See, this is how I feel about this card. Like, I like the abilities, but I'm not going to play this as, as my commander. Nope. I'm just not going to. Like, I do, this may be a legendary creature, but it doesn't scream mono-red commander to me. Into the 99 it goes. Yeah, it goes into the 99. How much, but like, okay. It's a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four flyer. With trample and useful death trigger ability. Where are you playing this? Like, is there a commander that you immediately? Because you know where I, you know where I put this. Hmm. I put this in uh a, in a Mardu deck with a Taste of Karlov and double up on those death triggers. But that's a bit that's a big stretch. That's like that's how I look at it. Am I am I wrong here? Like, yeah, and Mardu treasure tokens, and that sounds pretty neat. Well, Mardu treasure tokens are just Mardu, Mardu cards exiled. You get four of them exiled off the top. But, like, that's a big stretch. It's a big ask to have, like, a Taste of Karlov on the battlefield, a Sushi come into play, and then die, not get exiled, but die, in order to exile four cards and be able to play them. Like, I don't know. Like, I recognize the card is good, and... Like, but the other drawback here is like, and we've, and I, I think we've talked about it. There's been so many four mana four four dragons yep. in the last, like, since you know, well, since Zendikar Rising alone, that it almost doesn't make sense to try and play more. Like, I don't even know. Like, let's go see what how much play Leyline Tyrant has earned in a year plus of play. Because I'm going to think is I'm going to say it's not been very much. It's in seventy four hundred decks, which is not a small number in a year, but it's certainly not breaking any records. And this is no different. Like I don't feel this is going to be a whole lot different. Let's go see Moonvale Regent, which was the top one from Crimson Vow, I think. No, Midnight Hunt. Moonvale Regent is in 775 decks, so it's not really a thing. Um, what is uh, what were some of the other dragons we had? Not Goldspan. Ah. Oh, there's the. I wanted one of the red dragons. There's a red dragon that is Maniform Hellkite. Let's go look up Maniform Hellkite. I'm pretty sure we're going to find that it's been underrepresented. Maniform Hellkite is in 716 decks. So, like, none of these big red dragons are particularly moving the needle. And I just think that Sushi is just going to blend right in and be forgettable. But it's a cool card. I like it. There's nothing not to like, but it's just not going to do enough. Like, Lux, how many four-minute dragons are you going to play? Yeah, not many. No, like, I just don't, I mean, 
And those are all those are all dragons that have been printed in the last you know fourteen months. And you know, like how many of them are you going to run? Like, and let's be honest, folks, you're probably not going to run that many. So it's a cool card, and I wanted to, I, I, for me to get really excited about this, I need to find a way to double up on those death triggers, and then loop it, loop this card. If you, so, if you can find a way to, um, to loop it such that you double the death triggers and can recast it from your graveyard, and to generate like an infinite mana loop, I could be interested in this guy. But I feel like that's a lot of work. I don't know. Like I just don't know if it's there. Like it's a cool card. I want. I, I want. I want it to be good. And I really hope there's a commander in the next set, or it comes out that really accentuates uh, what Atsushi offers. But I, as it stands right now, it's like it's going to go in the 99. It could be one of those very interchangeable four mana four fours that you just sort of like swap out. Based on what the new cool dragon is next month, basically. <laughs> Lux, any other thoughts on our, our dear friend at Sushi? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have the Planeswalker. We have Kaito Shizuki. One blue black for a legendary creature, Kaito. A legendary Planeswalker, Kaito. Uh, with three loyalty. It has a static ability on it. And I, th- I like this static ability because it isn't particularly backbreaking. Is at the beginning of your end step, if Kaito Shizuki enters the battlefield this turn, he phases out. That's pretty cool, isn't it, Locke? Right there. Yep. That's a static ability that is like very relevant and that you have to like, you like you can protect it without protecting it. Like you don't have to block for it. And like it just seems because it's sort of static ability that doesn't ruin the game the way, like, Narsets or a few of the other Planeswalkers from War of the Spark with those static abilities can ruin it. Like, think about all those Planeswalkers and those static abilities that are so brutal. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know, the fairy. Like, three fairies, like, static ability is heinous. Now you can only play at sorcery speed. Fantastic. Narset, why would I want to draw more cards? All these static abilities are just brutal, and you get, and you play right into them. <laughs> you get like Tybalt. Like, you know, if you're a life gain deck, Tybalt hoses you. This one's like, it's good, isn't it? It protects it, and then you may not have to contend with the, the, the static ability ever again, which makes it easier for your brain to process what's happening on the board. So I like that part. Oh, sorry, plus one. Draw a card, then discard a card unless you attack this turn. Okay. Conditional card draw. I'm in. I'm in. Minus two. Create a one-one blue ninja creature token with this creature can't be blocked. Well, yes, please. Followed by numbers minus seven, you get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player. Search library for a blue or black creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. That's broken in half. However, I don't think you're ever gonna ever get to minus seven. Nope. Oh my on like no. Like you're here's the here's the story, folks. You're gonna play this and what which mode are you picking first, Lux, when you when you see Kaido? And honestly, they I definitely get for the minus two first. Yeah, so you play minus two. 
You know your Planeswalker gets phased out, so it's not going to die. You're going to get a second activation out of it. So it unfazes, and then it's at one loyalty. You've got the unblockable creature. So now you can attack, and you can that plus one is just going to straight up be draw a card. Now, do I imagine it's going to live much beyond that? No. But you've got an extra body, and you've made, and you've drawn another card off of, off of Kaido. And you forced your opponent to deal with it, and sink their resources into it. Potentially making this as much as a three-for-one, for a single card. That seems pretty decent. Yeah, always fun to have decoys. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, this is this is just a soak up removal, and the fact that your opponents can't kill it the first turn makes it a little bit nicer too. I like it. No, I don't like, and it's clearly a ninja, a ninja themed commander, right? Like we're gonna be like yeah. all into our ninjas here, folks. So if you've got ninjas from Modern Horizons one <laughs> or from you know back in Kamigawa block, like dust them off. So it's it's, it's time. It is time to play ninjas once again. So. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. And last but not least, Lux, have you seen these full art lands? I have. Holy God. Like, I thought the ones from Shadows, like, sorry, from uh, Crimson Vow and Midnight Hunt were beautiful. These are stunning, Lux. Holy jumping. So fuck, folks, if you're out there and, you, uh, and you're looking to find what these lands look like, because I don't think I can actually do them justice, like describing to you them in words. You need to see, you need to see them. Relax, do you agree? Yeah. You need to see these. These are beautiful. They're all in Japanese art, art styles of countryside photos or, or paint, paintings of, I guess, of traditional Japan uh, and Japanese countryside, and they are Beautiful, and they're basic, and they're full of basic lands. And wow, these are the, like the nicest ones I think I've ever seen. So, go and check them out. We'll put the link in the in the show notes so you can find them because um, they are absolutely stunning. All right, on Lux, are we ready for our top twenty-one yep. of twenty-one? So, 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 audience out there, we Lux and I were talking. We figured the best thing to do. We're getting near to the end of the year, so next week we're gonna have guest on to talk about the future of magic last week when i was on a solo i talked about sort of magic in a sort of where 2021 is leaving us as a format and so this week i thought we would talk about some of the cards that have really shaped um the shaped the commander world and sort of sort of changed the way we think about things because of new technology and, cr- and cool new cards that have been entered and have entered in the format. And there's a lot of them, Lux, aren't there? Like going through, there's a lot yep. of cards and there's more we could, I could have double the, double the list tonight with no trouble, right? Yeah. There's lots of, lots of powerful cards, lots of great cards, cool cards. But let's get down to business. Um, now folks, we're not going to go into an in-depth analysis of each card because we'd be here till, <sighs> good God, I don't know, forever. Yeah. But uh, we, I did, we will say a little bit about uh, each of these cards as we sort of, as they sort of come up. Um, we do have an honorable mention. I wanted to jump in on this honorable mention here, Lux. Um, I'm going to start with Urza's Saga. 
Um, this enchantment land is broken right in half, and we've seen it in um, all sorts of formats already. But I think in uh, Commander alone, we've seen this card take a pretty wide adoption. Um, because the, like, so modes one and two are just good at making you, like, they make you construct tokens, so you get, you get bodies on the board. And then that third um, is a pretty, real, is a really potent way to go and find a powerful artifact. Um, so that could be something like, oh, what's would Skull Clamp fit the bill? Clamp. Yeah, so you can get Skull Clamp. You can do something like Sol Ring. You can do something like Mana Vault or Mana Crypt. Mana Vault. Let's see that. Yeah, Mana Vault. Mana Crypt. Grim Monolith. Is that one? Monolith. No, not Grim Monolith. But like, when you can grab a, uh, a Sol Ring, a, a Mana Vault, a Mana Crypt. Like, these are all excellent targets to go and grab with Urza Saga. There's nothing not to like about this card. Just, just saying. Like, it's just really good. It's good on... And it, because it's a, a land, you don't need to spend much time on it. So, excellent card in our uh, honorable mentions. All right, Lux. One up first. Yeah, our first one... Uh, this was a, an obvious one. They triggered God of Fright. Oh, this one gets makes the list because it's just vile to play against. Yeah, like when you have when you see Turgrid, what what do you have to do now? The Turgrid is a kill on sight. Absolutely, it is. We were having this discussion in the Discord, and like people who run it, like they know it's it's a lightning rod and needs to, needs to die. Um, and if you don't spend your mana, your, your removal on it, your game is going to quickly become unglued. Because Trigger's going to untap, and then all your things become their things. So, ugh. Up next, we have the World Tree. Uh, and this is sort of um, a pretty a pretty tremendous card from the standpoint of um, like just the mana-fixing potential on the World Tree. Uh, yeah, it wants particularly to go in five-color decks, but there's no shortage of five-color decks. I don't know if you're going to find god cards or not, but it's the fact that it can fix your mana uh, the way that Chromatic Lantern can, but it's a land card. Very, very valuable. Up next, Lux. Next, we have Toski Bearer of Secrets. Whew. Yeah, this little squirrel is pretty impactful, isn't he? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever faced down a Toski or a Toski-related deck. It gets really difficult to prevent them from drawing a pile of cards. And then once they bury you in card advantage, the game's probably coming unglued. Is that your experience, Lux? I have actually seen a few at Wild before. Yeah. Just the fact that Toski's un, uh, un, sorry, indestructible... And the fact that it just grants the ability to all your creatures means that it's really hard to derail a Toski deck because it's, you can't remove Toski very readily. And 
then if they can connect, they're just going to bury you in cards, and it's it's a real it's a real problem. I'm not sure Toski is great design, but anyway, it is what it is. We have Vorinclex Monstrous Raider, and uh, I want to talk about this one because of the fact that it's uh, a in part because we we see a return of the Praetors, which is the first time we've seen those since uh, New Phyrexia. But more than anything, this is a card that is a really inter interesting uh, addition to plus one plus one counters, <laughs> uh, plus one plus one counters, and plus one and plus one plus one counter hate on your opponent's stuff or any sort of counter hate. Um, right now, I believe I'm not sure quite how many decks he is in. Let's have a quick peek. I think it's worth having a discussion um, about Vorinclax. Vorinclex is in eight, only 824 decks, which is really not that... Oh, sorry. He's leading 824 decks. Hold on, let me check Let me check the rest. He's... As a card, he's in 9,800 decks, or almost 10,000 decks, of, in, as, in the 99. So, he's not... He's, he's fairly widely played. Like, play, being played in 10,000 decks in a year is pretty good numbers. Um... But yeah, like it's actually legitimate hate against against counter decks, which you know, like Micaeus cries plus a few others that really want to go off with counters. So yeah, not sad to see Vorinclex get played. What do you got next? Okay, next up we have Calling Ritual. Oh, this one's good. This one's a good. This one's mean, but it's good. All right, so uh, destroy each non-land permanent with mana value two or less. That means, and then you get mana in black or red. Sorry, black or green for each permanent destroyed this way. This is a beating. If you can leverage this by blowing up even just their Sol rings and their arcane signets and their land war elves, you're going to get a lot of value out of this, Lux. Oof, this one's mean. And to put this in perspective, we just said Warrenclex, as a mono green card, was in just shy of 10,000 decks. This is a two-color card, so, it's in, so it goes in fewer decks. But it is in over 12,500 decks. In less time than Warrenclex. This, is, this card is, is, is one to watch that I'm pretty sure is going to be fought after in the years to come. It's just a very useful and very potent way of Helping to grind your opponents out and and pull you ahead with like a sort of a I guess an, a, I guess not really a sorcery but it's some sort of like infusion of mana to help you pull ahead. So I like Culling Ritual. What are your thoughts, there, Lux, as someone who plays an awful lot of black and green? And I have to admit, and I actually have a playset of this, and it's won me quite a few games. Yeah. No, it's a good card. Darn good card. Uh, another good one is Belladros. We have Belladros Witherbloom up next. And this card is very potent. Um, if you don't know what Belladros does, you should. Would you say this was the best of the, the five dragons from um, Strixhaven this past year? I'll say I would. Yeah, I think that ability to untap your mana... Even for 10 life, I think is well worth Eldros's 
expensive seven mana ca- casting costs. Like cards, very potent. Um, just, just good. Just a good card. <laughs> what do we got next? Next up is Imprismori Command. Yeah, I was not much to say. This card is just good. Like this is just a really utilitarian blue red card. I think every blue red deck should probably be running it. Or if you touch blue and red, you want you want you need a Prismari Command. There's always a mode on it you want. Um, uh, similarly, if you're in any sort of blue red, you want Expressive Iteration. This is the next one on our list. This is just you know one of the most efficient and best card filterers you're gonna find. And it's just you know whether you want to double the double the spell with like you know a, a fork or some other effect or you want to have it trigger prowess or anything else cards is good so yeah um expressive iteration makes our list as um you know as a, in, in the top 21 cards of the year what's next next we have watering archaic and it happens to be a middle double face card a modal double face card um Let's be real, folks. You're playing it for you want to play it for the four four creature almost every time, right? Like, yep. When do you want to play this for the backlux? You don't. Uh, no. <laughs> no, like, yeah, no. But this card is there. It's excellent. And if you've ever seen this one in action, don't underrate it, folks. Come and like take care of business. Get yourself. Track yourself down a Wandering Archaic now while they're reasonably affordable. They're, what, seven bucks right now um, on Card Kingdom or 530 on TCG Player, so do it. Up next, we have Esper Sentinel, uh, so White's Answer to Ristic Study. And did, did, I, did, I, did I cover it all? <laughs> this card is insane. This card is also in almost 38,000 decks and has been printed since last spring or summer, whenever. Fox. 37, like, it's 30, over 37,000 decks. That's so many cards, so many decks. That's crazy. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are your thoughts, Lux? Do you want, do you, do you want some Esper Sentinels? It's not normally a color that I you know, play in exactly, but oh, like I might be interested now. Yeah, like you're just looking at the numbers. Yeah, yeah, you, you kind of want this one. Kind of want this one. He's Louise. All right, what's next? Next we have Dorothy Voidwalker. <laughs> yeah, this is another one that. I mean, you, if you don't know about this one, folks, you're going to want it. This one is in almost 23,000 decks, but it's just a piece of good graveyard hate that can be uh, a useful way to snag something good out of your opponent's graveyard. Because, okay, so listen to this. So, um, two, black, black, black for a 3 2 is Shadow. Sure, whatever. It's a Dothy Rogue. Sure, why not? All these some like fun, reasonable things to put on it. If a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, instead exile it with a void counter on it. And sacrifice Dothy Voidwalker. Choose an exile card an opponent owns uh, with a void counter on it. You may play it this turn without paying its mana cost. 
So you exile the thing and then you steal it. Great. Sounds good. I'm a fan. <laughs> so, am I up next? Yep. I think so, right? Okay. Uh, next we have Yavimaya Cradle of Growth. So this is the green Urborg. Not much else to say. Card's really, really good. It's like really, really good. Really good. Right, Lux? Yep. Yeah, not much else to say. All right, go ahead. Next. And next up we have Archaea Master's Map. Have you seen this one go? Have you seen this card in action? I actually have not. This card is crazy powerful. So, okay. This is, as, I just, as I described it last week, I'm pretty sure it's a cross between uh, Burgeoning and Land Tax. And if you can leverage it, you are going to be running away with the game. Just running away with the game. So, yeah. Good card. Build it. Build with it. Cracks them down before they get crazy expensive. <laughs> uh, okay, up next we have Circle of Dreams Druid. Well, did you, Lux, do you, do, you, do you like Gaia's Cradle? Yep. Do you like Gaia's Cradle on a creature? I certainly would. And you want Circle of Dreams Druid. Folks, it's, you know, it's in over 9,000 decks. It came out this summer. Which is like approximately six months ago. Cards is really, really good. Does good work. All right, next, next. We've got, how about I do the next one and then you can do uh, your friend. All right. Got it? All right, so next we got Prosper Tonebound. Uh, so Prosper was a big one for the year. Uh, gave Black a really interesting uh, treasure token theme um, that they had played into, into a few, in a few different occasions. But uh, but Prosper was probably the most intriguing that um, that you know people are are talking about. And then we have Lux's and friend have... Hovelar Dire. Oh. Go ahead, go go for it. Yeah. And yeah, then this is basically just in the pure and werewolf tribal thing. This is what werewolf players has been asking for for years. Yep. Yeah, and like I like we said before on the podcast, or folks, it's disappointing that the new werewolves don't play the same as the old werewolf werewolves because now the deck doesn't make sense. But Tovalar, in principle, is a very very potent commander to the point where I'm pretty sure it's still the uh, um, the top command among the top commanders for the last. Let's see, where does he fit? He's in the top five commanders for the last week. Um, for the past month, let's try that. He's in the top three for the for the last month. <laughs> so he's very popular. People want to build him. So, all right, um, seventeen. I've got the land cycles from uh, both uh, Midnight Vow, sorry, Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Uh, these are, I'm going to use the, I have the example here of uh, Shipwreck Marsh. But all these lands enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands. Which in a typical game of Commander um, is going to be, most of the time, this will come into play untapped. Because you will play it, 
you know, on turn three or later where you're playing it for your third or fourth or fifth land, it's not an issue that it comes into comes into play tapped sometimes. I can't imagine in the average game, unless you're playing at a very competitive level, uh, this is going to be a card that you don't want to put in your deck. Mm-hmm. Luck, would you agree? Yep. Yeah, those are good. Those are good cards. <laughs> All right, what's next? And the mate hit massacre. Oh my goodness, this card. Like, mm-hmm. Lux, we we saw Bastion of Remembrance in Ikoria, right? And Bastion Remembrance was was a good card. And this might this is just better. Like this is just a board wipe and then a Bastion of Remembrance, more or less. <laughs> it's like it's not exactly, but pretty com- I can make a pretty compelling argument that the two cards are very similar. But this also has a brutalizing board wipe effect on it, right? Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, and the price tag is a fit is like fifty bucks. So Good luck getting a copy of this because it's yeah. expensive. Um, we have unnatural growth next. Um, this this one is just what's not to like about doubling your power and toughness. But I think that's just really really potent. Um, I'm going to be honest, there, Lux. Though, I this card is beatable, isn't it? Yep. Like it, it compels you to have answers, but if you have answers, you can you can very easily beat this sort of this sort of card. Um, what's next? And up next we have welcoming vampire. Oh, this card is just like this is the new um, mentor of the meek, and it's just a better body. Like it's just better. It's just in every dimension. So, and mentor of the meek was played lots. So, yep. I think I think welcoming vampire is going to get played plenty as well. And last but not least, this card has really impressed me. Is Torin's, um, what's it called? Torin fists of angels, fists of the angels. Um, folks, like Torin's has been out for a very short period of time, and he's in a lot of decks. Like he's in a lot of decks. He's you know, and he does something very powerful and something that that, that synergizes with green white decks very readily. So it says, okay, one white green for a two-two legendary feature, legendary feature human human cleric. It's got training. Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a one-one green and white human soldier creature soldier with with training. So you, it's an army in a can, Lux. Like you can very easily turn this into three, four, five, six you know, creatures that are going to just make a mess of things. They all have training. Like, that's such a... Like, that's a lot better mechanic than I thought it was. I thought it was going to be more like the Boros mechanic from Gills of Ravnica with the Mentor trigger. This, no, training's way better. So you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat hard if you don't have a way to deal with this thing. Whew. Any other thoughts on Torrens? Nope. Well, folks, that's our 21 cards. All right, we could have picked a few more. No too much trouble. All these cards don't match up with what other people in the for- like in the format. I know we know that. That's the beauty of the format. There's cards that the next player or the the guy down the street or the guy 
the store or whatever, things are, are different, better, more desirable than what we've got. But these are what these were our 21 top cards for 2021. And uh, next year we'll see about doing 22 cards. Who knows? <laughs> All right, Lux, you ready to brew a deck? Yep. All right. So this week, folks, we're going to go turn to somebody that when Lux and I saw his card, we were really disappointed. Weren't you like, Lux, were you really disappointed with this with this commander's uh, card when it came out in Crimson Val? Yep. Yeah, so our commander is Odric Blood Cursed. And Odric seemed to be um, very disappointing from the standpoint of a commander who just really wasn't that impactful compared to the mono-white variants that we had previously. Yeah, they did him dirty. Um, they did, they did the Odric a disservice, to say the least. Um, hold on a second. Can we just hold on a second, Lux? I'm going to we'll yep. pause here for just for a second. Give me a second. Mm, we'll mute. Can I mute myself? All right. Sorry about that. All right. Um, all right. So, yeah, Odric got done for, pretty, fairly dirty. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not useful. Oh, do you want to see what I did with him, Lux? Let's take a look. Alright, so let's read Odric. Odric is one red white for a 3 3 legendary creature vampire soldier. When Odric uh, Blood Cursed uh, enters the battlefield, create X blood tokens, where X is the number of abilities from among flying, first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, vigilance found among creatures you control. So basically, you want to have your all your creatures in your deck have keywords on them that are going to allow you to make a whole bunch of tokens. So let's have a look at some of the cards. You get Stone Coil Serpent, Battlefield Raptor, Healer's Hawk, Segovian Angel, Akiri Lineslinger, Charming Prince, uh, Knight of the White Orchid, Lone Rider, Reckless Fireweaver. Most of these have, if you notice, lots of keywords on it. Swift Blade Vindicator. Aerial Responder, Archetype of Aggression, Archetype of Courage, Crystalline Giant, Eldrazi Displacer, and so on and so forth. We get to things like Baneslayer Angel and Sun Titan and whatnot, Zatalpa. Now, that means that when, presumably, when Odric comes into play, you're going to be able to make some number of tokens um, with uh, our dear friend. Odric, which is going to allow you to do a couple of things. For starters, all those blood tokens are very useful. From the standpoint, you can use them to to go and find and dig for answers in your in your deck. But there are still a few things that you can do with them, like a reckless fireweaver, which is a could be a very potent win condition in this sort of deck. Uh, whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, Reckless Fireweaver deals one damage to each opponent. So if you can find a way to, to whittle away down your opponent's life totals and then Reckless Fireweaver followed by Odric and put six, eight, seven, like, I don't know, some number of keywords on the battlefield, you could potentially be tipping things in your favor pretty quickly. Um... So yeah, like you just you just cannot be downplaying this too. 
Uh, along with that, you have things like gear per aether grid. That when you make all these tokens, you're going to have ways to push through damage. So gear per aether grid was from Origins, and it says tap to untapped artifacts you control. Gear per aether grid deals one damage to target creature or player. Okay, so you've got a couple of ways to go and get some damage through and use some ways to to push through some stuff. Um, but then you need to find ways to get Mr. Uh, dear Mr. Odric in and out of your graveyard or in and out of play to trigger them. So you're going to get things like Conjurer's Closet and Panharmonicon as being key tools to get things blinking and doubling all those abilities. Uh, also add in Teleportation Circle and you know, Legion's Initiative and other such things to really help you to power up your, your blink effects. Uh, you can also include things like Cloud Shift, Ephemerate, Flicker of Fate, Justiciar's Portal, or Acrobatic Maneuver. All these are going to blink Odric just for value to make as many blood tokens as you can. And, um, you know, while you're going about it, hopefully beating your opponents to death with creatures that are going to be, you know, that can, that can fly or that can push uh, for all sorts of different, uh, different effects. So um, <clears throat> the only part of this, de this deck that, you know, has me concerned is the artifacts um, for how much ramp. Because as always, we are in uh, Boros colored commanders, which means ramping is a little bit challenging. So you need to lean into your artifacts pretty good, everybody. <coughs> so you got like Sol Ring, Arcane Signet for sure. Talisman of Conviction, Commander Sphere. Then you get uh, Inspiring Statuary, which could be a very, really useful way of ramping by tapping all those blood tokens. And yeah, you just sort of can get there with some pretty important things. Um, so yeah. Um, altogether, Lux, the deck is $134.69. So a little more expensive than we usually would go for here, but certainly not like it's a $1,000 deck, right? Yeah. So... I'm going to be honest, folks. This deck feels like a bit of a stretch to try and make Odric good. Um, but it's certainly an interesting deck. You're going to get people talking to you about your build if this is the sort of deck you're going to come with to the table. Do I think it's awesome? No, I don't. But you're definitely going to get people's interest you may surprise some people with what you're able to to pull out and how you're going to be able to pressure your opponent's life totals without actually going to a lot of combat. So it, I think it's got some, some interesting merit to it that I you know, hadn't quite anticipated until I sat down to build the deck. And I think the deck's actually, you know, pretty decent. Um, but it's not a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. Lux, do you have any thoughts, any, any questions you wanted to ask about, you know, what was I thinking when I put such and such a card in the deck? Um, uh, no, not really. Or, or, so, 
Well, the deck itself, I mean, like, it's an interesting thought experiment to go through this, put it all together. And you could surprise some people and just, you know, smash the table to pieces. Um, I also put in there for just the flavor of Odric, Lunark, Marshall, and Ma- Odric, Master Tradition. So you get, like, old Odric's along with the new Odric and how he's changed. Instead of making blood tokens, they were much more about combat and making combat difficult for everybody. <laughs> so, but yeah. Anyway, I thought it was an interesting experiment. I don't know how, I don't know how, if it's going to, you know, win any games. I might have to, 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 to proxy it together and build it um, with the cards that I may not have. But I think the deck's actually not a terrible piece of piece of garbage. I think it's actually bordering on kind of at least it's interesting to build. Like this is not your typical deck. It's not my typical deck. Holy jumping! It doesn't have green lux. What am I going? What am I to do? I feel naked without without green lux. Why? Why did I do this to myself? And I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> I don't know either, but I did it. And you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm actually like, I'd be intrigued in seeing how this deck goes. So if anybody's out there listening and has built an Odric Blood Curse deck, have a look at our list and and like let us know. Like, send us like, let us know what what you did differently. Like, what direction did you take, Odric? Did you take it in the direction of like a a reckless fire weaver, or a, um, or a gear for aether grid, or did you do something different with, uh, with something else? I don't know. Like it's just, I think it's interesting. I think it's a very interesting idea. It's something I I haven't sunk a lot of time into, but uh, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. Anything else, Lux? Nope. Nope. Fair enough. Let's wrap. Let's bring this one home. All right. Um, so as always, folks, um, if you like what you're hearing here, like enjoy what you're hearing here on the show, uh, you want to leave us some feedback. You can always reach out to us on social media. You're always welcome to email us at, at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you because right now the only people who email me are um, the Weather Bureau. And some terrible, terrible promotional material from, I don't know, some agency. So I'd love actual email from people because that would be really nice. Um, if you don't want to email us because you like to talk in 240 characters at a time, uh, you can find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at EpicEXPCast. That is us. Or you can check out all of our decks, including this one from about Odric, or any other decks that we've brewed on the show uh, on Moxfield, use the username the Epic Experiment Podcast, all one word. Um, and so we'll have a look and poke around and see what you think. Uh, all of our decks are budget friendly. Um, all of our decks are there to try and get people in the in the go, in the door playing and get you uh, excited to, to for that game night with your friends. As always, uh, you can find us on all sorts of great podcast apps. So you can find us on Podbean, on iTunes, on Google Play, Council.com. Uh, and now on Spotify and on Amazon. On any of those platforms, by all means, please like, subscribe, 
share, whatever. Just get the word out there that we're here. And uh, we're here as, uh, you know, each and every week talking Commander with you guys. And we'd love to hear from all of you. Next week, we're going to be moving on to a review. Sorry, looking forward to what um, 2022 might offer us in Commander. And looking ahead, so that we haven't maybe put a, a bright spin on, on, the great, on, the, on the great wide world. But that is for next week. Until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast. Signing off, wishing you all the very best wherever you next day. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. Have a happy holiday season with your friends and family. And uh, we'll talk to you. Thanks so much, everybody.